Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to the Further Your Lifestyle podcast, conversations on lifestyle, passions, and hustles. My name's Chris Furlong. I am your host, and I'm super excited to be back here having the conversation with you. Episode 97 today, and we're talking about decoding the cliches, a practical guide to achieving success and staying motivated. Now, I'm always talking about cliches in these episodes. If you've been listening to this uh, podcast for a while now, you'll know that I do. I drop quite a lot of cliches, and I believe that cliches actually have a lot of really good value. Now, they're cliches because they're overused. People throw them around, and sometimes a lot of people say these things, and they don't even really know what they mean. And I want to tap into, I think it's nine that we'll be touching on today, of cliches that I believe will actually have some really good value and help you understand how if we actually just pull away, strip away the cliche of it all and actually just dive into it and think, actually, how can I take action from this? You'll be surprised of what we can learn from this. So my question to you is, have you ever heard the saying, work hard, play hard? Or how about the early bird gets the worm? Well, these are all a couple of examples of those common cliches that we hear, probably usually in relation to success. And Actually, the most common one, I think, is slow and steady wins the race. But do these cliches, as I was saying before, do these cliches actually have any meaning? Can they be applied to our lives? And if they can be, how can they be? And what should we be doing about them? And that's what we're diving into today. So buckle up, get comfortable, because we are exploring what they actually mean and how you can use them. And with some insights, and hopefully you'll be able to understand how they can help you achieve your own goals and your own aspirations. Let's dive in. So as an appetizer, let's let's I'll start slow, I'll keep it easy, and we'll 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 break into it with exactly the one that I said before. Slow and steady wins the race. Now, this is a typical everyday cliche that I think I probably hear two to three times a week from people just saying, oh yeah, if they're struggling with something or they're slowly getting there, someone would say, oh, yep, slow and steady wins the race, you know, and they kind of say it to make themselves feel good is like, yep, you just got to keep, you know, hitting away at it. Now, ironically, people that say this, they probably aren't even doing anything slow and steady. They they probably just like to say it to sound good or that they're wise. Now, I'm not here to <laughs> generalize other people. I kind of get distracted with that. But what does it actually mean? So this refers to a um, bit of an old story around a hare and a tortoise. And I, I might butcher this a little bit, but I guess the whole premise of it is that they're racing against each other. And the short of it is the hare gets overconfident, gets distracted, and is, you know, obviously a hare naturally is faster than a tortoise. And it goes out there thinking it's going to have no problem winning this race. It's got no, it, it, it shouldn't even be concerned about that it's got any chance of losing because, I mean, a tortoise is slow. The hare can run, probably do multiple laps and still beat him. And what really happens is the hare gets distracted, becomes unfocused and overconfident and doesn't really focus on actually finishing while the tortoise stays consistent. It's going slow, but it's been able to stay steady and stay slow, but be consistent. And boom, they end up winning because he stuck his eye on the prize and he's been able to follow the process and get the job done. Whereas the tortoise became, you know, distracted, didn't stay focused on the, on the, you know, eyes on the prize and therefore did not actually finish. Now there's probably different versions of this. A lot of different people have probably explained it in a few different ways, but that's essentially what it boils down to. What you can take from that is essentially there's no point trying to rush or take shortcuts. You should stay consistent to a proven approach and then you will get the results. Just like A cliche that I've actually been saying over the last couple of weeks, being the new year of 2023, is it takes 10,000 steps to do 10,000 steps. 
So you just got to do one step at a time. And that's the reality of it, right? When we break these things down, we start to realize it's not really that bad, but the kicker is we still got to do the work. You still got to do the 10,000 steps. So these are the types of cliches that we're talking about today. I've got nine here that we're going to break down and let's dive in. So the first one is work hard, play hard. Now this cliche usually and typically probably comes from a corporate culture, to be honest, is it refers to the emphasis around the importance of putting in effort into your work, but also just as much make time for fun. Now, actually, there is an alternative to this cliche, which is work hard, but play harder. Um, But we're going to be focusing on work hard and play hard. Now, the idea here is, you know, putting effort into your work can help you achieve your goals and be more productive, right? That we know that we make sense. I talk about this all the time. But one thing which I think a lot of people forget is taking breaks, recharging can also help you get to where you want to be because it avoids burnout. It helps you maintain a healthy work-life balance. So breaks can give you just as much opportunity, um, I guess, to stay focused, in this case, probably refocus, and then come back to your work with a fresh perspective and a renewed energy. So what does this cliche actually suggest? And what is the importance of it? Well, the importance is balance between working hard and taking care of yourself. And what it means by play hard is balance is key. You need to work hard to get the results you want, but you also need to do the hard part and actually play, have fun, take it easy, slow down, relax, breathe, you know, give yourself some time off. It's not healthy to work constantly without any breaks or without any leisure time or without recharging the batteries or, you know, taking a break, some food, some water, all that jazz. I think that the hard part is actually striving for the balance. And when we do actually have that routine of having a strong balance in our lifestyle, I think it's going to enable you to be better both professionally and both personal because you're going to be able to have better relationships with the people in your personal life. You won't be so frustrated with the people in your professional life and you're going to be more happy because you're just not stressed. It's that simple. You're going to be living more in the present than you are moving thinking about what needs to be done or thinking what you should have done, right? Now, there is some techniques that people use to help maintain this. Um, and these are just a couple of examples. And there's the Pomodoro technique. Now, I don't use this personally. Uh, I like to kind of just time box an hour here and there. But essentially, the this technique is you choose a task that you want to work on, set a timer for 25 minutes, you work on the time, sorry, you work on the task for the time until the timer goes off. Then you take a short break of five to 10 minutes. And then after you've done this four times, you can take a longer break of about 15 to 30 minutes. And then you repeat this process until the task is complete. Now, everyone is different. Everyone operates in a different way. As I like to do, I like to batch similar items or similar tasks and try and do it for an hour or two hour blocks. Now, the other thing, another example of this, and this one's actually pretty cool, is a guy called Josh Chen. He did this. Um, He's got a video of this on YouTube and I'll chuck it down in the description below. He studied, and I'm just reading this, he studied 600 hours and watched 300 hours of um, anime and manga in four months. Um, And he's called it the ultimate study technique. So go check this one out. Essentially, he's doing the same process, but as a break, he he will do do the study, then go watch something, do the study, then go watch something. And it keeps the motivation, basically just keeping the carrot in front of him, right? So it's a a great way. And you get the point. Work hard, but you got to play hard too. Cliche number two is the early bird gets the worm. So getting an early start can help you get a head start on the day and be more productive. It also refers to (laughs) how the worms, apparently they come out earlier in the day. So if you're an early bird, you'll be able to eat them first. Now, I don't even know if that's true, 
But we need to leverage the same mentality. I think by leveraging earlier mornings, usually it's quieter. Usually there's less distractions and less obstacles that may arise normally during the day. Therefore, this cliche is worth taking advantage of because it means you can get up early, get things done, which is going to be beneficial in helping you achieve your goals. Now, I've actually adapted this. I've actually adopted this for 2023. I've actually been getting up at 4.57 in the morning. Um, why 4.57 is just the reason why, because it's a couple of minutes before five. It gives me a little bit to just get up, go to the loo, have some water and get into a zone. But what I mean I'll do is then get up and I've been doing my my toughest thing for the morning, which is actually my listings. Now, for my reselling business, in order to sell items, I need to have items listed. And the more I put onto the store, the more opportunity I have. And usually, look, this can be a bit of a grind sometimes. Sometimes it's really motivating to do, but I do find I do it better when there's no distractions and that it's the hardest thing to do of the day because it's the grindiest part of the day. So if I can get that done sooner than later, I feel like I've won the day. So usually, as I said before, I get up, go to the loo, have some water, have a couple of vitamins, and then I usually bang out one to one and a half hours. That's what I've been doing this year of listening. And then when I finished it, I feel like I've conquered the day already. And it just, it just makes sense. It really does. So see if that one applies to you. Cliche number three is practice makes perfect. And this one refers to consistent practice and repetition can help you improve your skills and become better at what you do. So this cliche suggests that the more you practice, the better you'll become. I mean, it makes sense. It's logical. It, it, I know it's a cliche, but the reality is a lot of us, we brush this stuff off. It's very simple advice. It's important to keep in mind, though, that perfection is never achievable, right? We cannot be perfect. But the idea is that we want to continuously be improving. And that's what we should be looking to do, because as we continue to improve, we can start to get better and better and better results. And as I said before, like it's actually really practical advice. It's very logical. And I don't understand why so many people ignore it because, I'll, and actually I probably do know the reason is because a lot of the time we do things as a result of a habit or because we've always done it that way. It's a habitual, right? So why not find a better way, a smarter way, an easier way and make that habitual? So if you do something on a regular basis, always, because that's the way you've always done it, if that's something bad for you or it's not necessarily helping you, how can you make that something that is going to help you? something that does make it easy and something that becomes, you know, easy to continue to do. But this way you're replacing it with something that's actually better for you. Therefore, it's going to become natural for you, becomes a habitual. And that way, when you're doing it and practicing it, you're going to only get better as you do it, because then you will learn to make that better rather than trying to change bad processes or something like that, if that makes sense. A good example of this is if you were to start running, right? And you don't have any understanding of how to run. Or if you're trying to start learning how to ride a bike and you just figure out for yourself, you might start riding it in a weird way, in a weird form. And that's the way you've only known it. But then if you were to get some training or get some support or someone's to teach you that might think, oh no, you're actually been holding it the wrong way this whole time. Or you actually haven't been, you know, having a straight back this whole time. So that habit that you've created has actually made it harder for you to actually progress. So now you need to change that style, change how you, you know, position yourself or how you hold the bike. And it'll actually mean now you're going to be doing it in a better way, which will mean you'll be able to do better over a longer period of time. All right. The next one is Rome wasn't built in a day. Now I've heard this one so many times, and this one kind of plays with the same stuff that we've just been talking about. And it really refers to success often takes time and effort, and it's important to be patient and persistent. This cliche also reminds you that big achievements don't happen overnight. Like people aren't 
successful overnight. That's just not the way it works. You might see that someone went from 10,000 to a million overnight, but the, the reality is they've probably been doing the work for the last five, 10 years. Again, 10,000 steps is 10,000 steps. There's no shortcut to this. You have to do 10,000 steps. So from this, what we can learn is we have to learn and understand that it's important to be patient and not get discouraged when we're not seeing the immediate results. Now, I know this personally. Sometimes, you know, when we set milestones and when we set these goals and ambitions, especially if we haven't hit our goals and ambitions prior to this, it can be a little overwhelming and, can, and it can be a little bit scary. But the reality is, if you go through a year and you don't actually get what you want, you've still made progress. Now, I spoke about this. Um, I've spoken about this a few times, actually. You need to reflect on the actual progress you made. If you had a goal to hit $100,000 and you did $80,000, right? But you've never done more than $50,000 ever. You've still done 30,000 more than you've ever done before. So it's actually still your best year yet, but you didn't hit a hundred thousand, but understanding that you've still actually done really, really well. Right. And I think we, we forget that we miss that point that we've actually done 30 K plus. And I think the best way that we can manage this is setting checkpoints, setting milestones and setting things that can keep us excited in bite chunks that we can work towards in a smaller fashion, rather than saying, I want to hit $100,000 and then today you've done 200 bucks and you think, oh my gosh, I've got so far to go. How am I going to get there? It's overwhelming. And then, but you know, if you had a day where you did, if you did $5,000 in one day, you're going to be like, oh yeah, I got this because you're so far ahead so early in the game. So you need to set some milestones, whether it's weekly, on a regular basis, that you can use as building blocks or as stepping stones to help you then get to that bigger picture or that larger project. The next cliche is, at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Now, failure is natural part of our learning process. It's You're always going to have moments in your life where things aren't going to go as planned, but it is an opportunity to learn and to improve yourself. And I hate to break it to you, but that's the reality of it. Now, this cliche encourages perseverance, uh, it encourages resilience, and also suggests that even if you don't succeed, succeed at, f- at first, um, it's important to not just give up because it didn't work. Now, what I want to be very clear here is I'm not saying if something doesn't work, do exactly what you just did before and expect a better result. No, you need to try again and adapt. Try again and pivot. Try again with a different approach, adjustment, more effort, less power with a new attitude or with support. You get get what I'm saying. Don't just expect to do the same thing and get the same res- and get a better result. You need to do the same thing with a difference, right? So it might mean if you wanted to if you wanted to find money on the beach going at metal detecting and you looked at the same spot every time. You can't expect money to be there if you've just looked there 5 minutes ago. Why why would there be? You need to go look at a different spot on the beach right? It's like in the fridge, right? We, we tend to go to the fridge, open the fridge, expecting something else is there. And then we go back there three minutes later and, and nothing else is there. So if you want something to be in that fridge, you need to go put something in that fridge. You need to go to a different fridge. I hope that helps cl- clarify that for you. The next one is the grass is always greener on the other side. Now, this one actually plays two part. There is actually also the similar saying where it says the grass isn't always green on the other side. And they play kind of hand in hand, but this one really refers to being appreciative of uh, and, and, and being grateful for what you have and not getting so caught up in comparing yourself to others. It also suggests that we often tend to focus on what others have or what we don't have. 
rather than being grateful for what we do have. So it's very, very important to focus on our own journey, our own accomplishments, rather than you know constantly comparing to you know ourselves to other people. Now, it's hard to do that when we see Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all those things. But again, you need to help build in a process that enables you to reflect on yourself. You know, me versus me. Ironically, usually it isn't actually. And what I mean by this, usually the grass isn't always greener on the other side. A lot of the time you'll actually find that we can see that things look pretty, things look great, things look glamorous. They've got the high life. They've got more views. They've got more money, whatever it may be. And then when we get there, we sometimes realize, actually, it's not as good. I'm working harder. This sucks. Or this isn't as good. Or why did he make it look so much better? Because a lot of the time, what we're seeing is people's highlights. We're seeing tip of the icebergs or a framed image or a highlight that they've curated for you to see. It's not the full picture. It's literally the tip or a small perspective of that entire picture. So you need to keep this in mind. Just because a farmer has one paddock of lush green grass doesn't mean all the others are. So you cannot base the value of that property based on that nice paddock. Because if the rest of it's all barren land, it's going to be worthless. The next one is it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. So success is not just about achieving a specific goal, but also about the process and the lessons learned along the way. Now, I've been speaking about this for the last few weeks as well, you know, when we've been talking about goals. But this cliche, again, reminds us to enjoy and learn from the journey rather than focusing just on the end result. I think you'll find that as we progress through learning, like in the journey, it's actually more rewarding than getting to that end result because as we journey, we're actually stepping up and we're getting better all the time. So we're actually realizing an experience of a better version of ourselves on a constant and regular basis. By the time you actually get to that end result, it's actually just like another step because if you're trying to get to, I'll use money example, again, $100,000 and you're doing you know $10,000 a month. You know, you're doing 10,000, you're doing 10,000, and you might do a little bit more, a little bit less, but it, you're like, oh, I'm getting consistent now. You get to the 100,000, you're like, oh, yeah, this made sense. You know, I was consistent of doing 10,000 every month. And then you think, okay, now I want to go for 200,000. And you're already thinking about the next big goal. So you haven't really even, you know, taken the time to reflect on, woohoo, I hit $100,000 because you've actually been feeling that momentum as you've been hitting the 10,000 and hitting the regular milestones and learning how to make that easier along the way. So the point here is experience will change your life. You know, you have to go through the experience of learning and understanding how to do things better because that's the only way to. Even if someone was to tell you how to do it quicker or better or easier, you still have to go experience it. You still have to go do it. Just because someone tells you how to do it doesn't mean it's being done for you. So Yeah, as I said before, usually we cannot see those wins till the aftermath of the having experienced it. So you get to the $100,000 and you look back and think, how did I do this? It's like, well, I was just consistent. I was just, you know, making sure I was ticking off the, you know, the things that I need to do. And you can realize that it was from all the experiences over the last year or each month that has enabled you to show up with the reps, you know, show up, keep, you know, hitting the punches and show up and get the job done. So my, my encouragement to you for that one is, When going through our journey or your journey in this case, learn to have patience, learn to have gratitude and just enjoy the moment. The next one is knowledge is power. Now, this one, again, it just seems like it just gets thrown around so often. But what does it actually mean? Well, learning and gaining knowledge can help you make better informed decisions and helps you improve your skills. So what does this suggest? Well, the cliche suggests that having more information and understanding can give you an advantage to empower you to make better choices. 
But it's also very important to continue learning and expanding our knowledge throughout our life. Now, we've just been talking about that. If you go back and listen, you've got to remember this, right? You don't know what you don't know. We don't know what we don't know. So when we learn or when we understand and when we educate ourselves to a new level, we now have the ability to do something we did not before, which means we can help others, we can share insight, and we can make better decisions. But it just means that we're literally just at a new level of playing field or a new level of understanding. There's always more, right? But it becomes powerful as it compounds because as you have better experience, as you have better understanding, as you have better knowledge, it gives you the power to make a decision this quick rather than having to talk to someone else. It gives you the power to do something because you know how to do it rather than, once again, going to have to ask for help. So it gives you power and it gives you options. It's not about making you the best person in the world because even if you have a lot of money, if you won the lottery today, that doesn't mean you have necessarily power because you don't necessarily have the knowledge of how to handle it. And there's that weird and wonderful statistic that goes around saying percentage of lottery winners actually end up without it, you know, losing all of it within five or 10 years or however long it is. I don't know. It's a generalized quote and and fact, but the matter of what I'm trying to say, or the point that I'm trying to make is just because people have things or people have opportunity doesn't mean they know how to use it. Right. And that's why experience Knowledge is actually going to be your best asset in this case. And the final one is don't put all your eggs in one basket. This one, I think it speaks for itself because if you have an egg, all your eggs, if you've got 12 eggs or six eggs and you put them all in one basket and you knock that basket off a bench, all your eggs are potentially going to crack and smash. And that's why you shouldn't keep all your eggs in one basket. So really what they're trying to say is diversify your efforts or your, you know, your investments or, you know, You want to help reduce risk so you're not going to lose everything at once, but also enable you to increase your chances with success. So spread the efforts, spread the resources, have a few different things working in the long run as you continue to move forward regardless. It just means that you have more opportunity and there's a better risk at reducing failure or I guess, you know, you not achieving your goals. However, I want to be very clear with this is Do not confuse this with multitasking. I'm not saying go try and do five things at once to get five times ahead, because if you start trying to work on five different things, you're not going to be able to give it the attention it needs to grow. What I'm trying to say is like, when we operate, we need to make decisions. That means, is this a risky decision because it puts everything at risk or does it put a component at risk? For instance, if you had $1,000 to invest or you had $1,000 to put into your business, are you going to go put it into one thing or are you going to maybe take 10% of it, trial it, see how it goes, and then double down if it works? That's really what we're talking about. Okay, so let's recap. We've touched on a lot here. <laughs> Been going for a while. So we've got work hard, play hard. The early bird gets the worm. Practice makes perfect. Rome wasn't built in a day. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. The grass is always greener on the other side. It's not about the destination. It's about the journey. Knowledge is power and don't put all your eggs in one basket. Let me know, reach out to myself, um, send me a message, a comment, however you like to do it, all the details in the description below. And tell me which is which is your favorite cliche, which is the one that resonates best with you, which is the one that you think you can take today and actually go run with, or that has resonated with you the most, that you've kind of clicked to. I know for me, it's like, there's a lot here. I like the early bird gets the worm. I've always been a bit of an early person, but really leveraging it against 
the things that are the hardest things to do each day, I think it just makes perfect sense. So that's that's really the one that I've taken away from these list of cliches, but there's so much value here. So much value here. So let me know. I would love to continue the conversation. And if you enjoyed this episode, if you think someone else needs to hear these cliches and maybe help them see how it could turn their life around and actually make their lives a little bit better, please share it. Send it to someone, drop them a message or share it on your socials. That would mean the absolute world to me. Really do appreciate you being here. You have a wonderful day. Cheers.